Welcome to Barely in Topic, the Boston Bruins podcast, a podcast for Boston Bruins fans by Boston Bruins fans. This week, I think we're up to episode 15, and I will honestly tell you, I'm not sure what the title is. Uh, I gave it some kind of random title just because I was being very silly, and I don't know how much of our silliness will be retained for this episode, but there's quite a bit because we're talking about trades. Uh, but only in generalities because nothing's really happened yet with Bruins and though we suspect Louie might be traded, we didn't really want to get too in-depth on it. Uh, and plus, you know, I don't know, multiple weeks of trade talk uh, has kind of fried our brains and just made us think about really bizarre things that we'd like to trade for. So, anyway, we do that. We talk about the games of the week. Um, and we follow, uh, we finish it all off with the Bear Necessities. Seven to three? Wow, I missed a lot. Yeah! yeah. <laughs> oh, what, the game last night? Holy shit! Yeah, it was a gong show. <laughs> oh my god, it was fabulous. It was six unanswered goals. That was awesome. The unanswered quota. The best so quota of them all. Seidenberg had three, uh, no, not three, two assists last night. Bergie reached his 600th point. Um, Marshy had two goals and is at his personal best. 30. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Bergie hit 50 awesome. points. We only had one. Bergie was the only player we had last year that beat 50 points, and now he's already at 50 with Krejci, Erickson, and Marshand all under five points away from 50. So, You know, I, I just want to point out something. Isn't it funny when you focus a little bit more on your offense, how things like that can happen? Well, you know, with this defense, you really think Clovo is going to make the mistake of focusing on that defense because... Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, last night, my husband, who many of you know in some respect, um, he pointed out that the two defenses were pretty much about the same. <laughs> well, um, Dallas has been coughing up leads lately. Yeah, they lost oh, to Arizona not yeah. too long ago. <laughs> oh, 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 can I tell you my favorite part of last night? What's that? There were so many favorite parts. <laughs> Ty Ty didn't score a goal. That's what I said. Points. Fuck you for the hat trick, buddy. Okay. Thank you, Castle. (laughs) (laughs) Glad I'm not the one who clapped. Um, Oh, I'm sorry. I forgot. (laughs) So that was a great cap off to what was uh, an uneven week in terms of hockey, right? Yes. Uh, the Detroit game sort of went off the rail shortly after um, uh, Game Center after NHL TV TV decided I wasn't watching it anymore. So, Uh-oh. you know what? It was doing you a service. That's what I kind of that's what I kind of gather based on the on the note on the notifications from the Bruins apps. Like, okay, well, fair enough. NHL TV, well played. Uh, <laughs> Man, it was so easy to just turn off that game and go continue on with my night. I was enjoying that game. I really was. I enjoyed Why? it. Explain. Okay. Well, teams were going back and forth. The rare, let's pull the goalie and see if it motivates the team trick, actually worked. The Bruins did score right away after they uh, pulled Tuca in favor of the monster. And if I remember correctly, the Bruins actually tied it and kind of allowed a goal pretty late in the third. I mean, it was a, a close game against Detroit. All, I mean... Was- if we didn't have that three to one lead, though, it would have been yeah. an entertaining game. But we had a three to one lead, yeah. and no, that was not entertaining. <laughs> uh, um, I was a little bit annoyed at the officiating in that game. I feel oh. like Detroit got away with a lot, 
Uh, especially yeah. if her name's Zetterberg or Datsuk. I, I feel Detroit gets away with a lot pretty frequently. Yeah, um, they're, yeah they're, a team, that. they're a team that the, that the officials seem to always give all the leeway yeah. they could possibly want. I don't really understand it. I mean, uh, Datsuk had a high hit on Krug. Uh, yeah. Thankfully, Krug... To be fair, Krug's this tall, so uh, you know, um, all hits are kind of high. That on is, that's true, it's true. <laughs> uh, and Krug did come back. That, that looked a bit uh, over the line. And no call. Absolutely no call. But well, he's St. Pavel, so of course he didn't you know, yeah. get in trouble for that. Uh, <laughs> the thing that bothered me the most, and I noticed it's been a trend all year, and I don't know if it's what's the, the, the root cause of it, uh, the Bruins cannot defend well around the crease. It's just a complete breakdown. No, it's like they bunch up in certain areas and they leave an area, a swath of the net that's just yeah. wide open. And, and the bunching affects Tuca as well, which is why Tuca and Monster both are having – Monster because his rebound control is just terrible under any circumstances. Is. But Tuca's having problems with it too, and I think it's partly just because the defense is getting so choked up on itself that Tuca just loses that context yeah. of what the fuck's going on. Mm. Yeah. yeah um, it, it's, it's like um, they're shielding Tuca from something, but uh, they're actually just blocking him. Yes, Anthony. I'm wondering if they're trying not to take a uh, an interference penalty for not clearing out in front too, um, but – Sometimes you just got to send that message early in the game. Level a guy in front. Mm. Uh, I'd like to see McQuaid do, take into that role a little more. Seidenberg. Somebody just parks it in front of the crease, knock him out of it. And it, it does seem that a lot of these clusterfucks in the crease are, you know, even when he's having an okay game, when there's a breakdown like that, it, it seems to mostly be when Kevin Miller's there. Not exclusively by any means. And he ha- even if he has otherwise a good game, that that's... Even my, from what I've noticed, seem to be his biggest mistakes seem to be in these these, these scrums in the crease. Yeah. I don't know. Well, I, it's hard to blame McQuaid uh, on that that Dallas goal. It was their third goal last night. But again, that to me, that's another issue where the Bruins are defending the crease and they mess up. Uh, I don't know if it's because these defensemen are slow. I don't know if it's because Claude's system's bad. I don't know. But it inexperience. You know, the thing about that is we have three defensemen that supposedly being big guys that can you know, throw the weight around and clear the crease is supposed to be their skills. That's mm-hmm. that's what guys like Seidenberg, McQuaid, and Miller are supposed to be for. Mm-hmm. They're not they're not doing it. Right. Um, I don't really understand it because, again, that's like, what guys of their builds and play style are advertised as doing. Mm-hmm. I, I see Seidenberg making a lot of hits right in the neutral zone against the glass. You know, um, but mm-hmm. that's not necessarily the most useful place for it. It's, a, it's not a good place for him to be taking himself out of the play by throwing yeah. that hit. So that's where I usually see him. McQuaid, I haven't really been seeing him do too much. Well, no, he's only three games back after yeah. being. Yeah, out I, I, that could be it. I'm just not used to seeing him out there. I'll, I'll call myself out. I said McQuaid would play over 70 games this year. Not going to happen. <clears throat> I don't remember. I think, I, I think I'd said he was already on borrowed time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like we were all kind of jerks. <laughs> I think I said sixty-five. So. Oh, that's see, that's your. And you know, I think he thinks I'll face for sixty-two it. or something. Yeah. Um, I think I said <coughs> somewhere in the fifties. I don't yeah. know. Um, I remember looking at his total games played at the beginning of the season, and it was actually kind of horrifying considering how long he spent in the league. Mm-hmm. Just like under 300 games, despite being in a sixth professional season or something like that. Uh, so let's move on to Columbus. I did not see that game, so. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I think it's always a good idea to say that you haven't seen that game. <laughs> <laughs> that was the overtime win. I, yes. ba- I don't remember very much about it at all. I'll be honest with you. It was 2-1. Not, it was a lot of back and forth. 
not a lot of action. Who won that in the shootout? Was that the Spooner one? It, no, you're thinking of... it was Erickson previous. in OT. Yeah. Yeah, Erickson <laughs> in OT. Oh, it was Erickson in OT. Yeah, oh, because I was thinking the shootout. This game. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, see, they all freaking together. blur. And guess what the next game is? Columbus. Columbus. Oh, I don't get that. <laughs> oh, I, I'm sorry. I, I hate to say it this way. I just find that the games against Columbus are not necessarily super exciting. I don't think the Bruins bring what they it, need to bring to the game. It's a pretty standard Ohio problem, I suspect. Yeah. I mean, have you been to Columbus? Yeah. It stinks. Yeah. Like, no, really? it literally smells bad. Yeah. I don't think I've been to Columbus. I've been to What Cleveland. brought you to Columbus? <laughs> uh, my mom's actually was born in Ohio. Oh. Um, then moved to Connecticut at a younger age. But oh, okay. she's got a sister out there in small town Ohio, and it's just, it's flat and boring. <laughs> like, I live in the boonies here in New Hampshire, and it's boring up here. But there's mountains and there's stuff, but you can look for hundreds of miles in Ohio. My, my position is long been that Ohio and Indiana are more boring than Kansas. Um, <coughs> Cincinnati is yes. a cool town. I've you know, got to stick up for Cincinnati. <laughs> um, yeah, I've been all over Ohio. We did like a road trip out and around just because. Um, you can find neat things if you really try, but I wouldn't say they're lasting neat things. But I'm not going to crap all over Ohio because um, <laughs> I don't like to do that generally. I will yeah. say that the... Um, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is boring. Don't yep. bother. Oh, that's um, too bad. Cleveland, though, has some like interesting spots that um, are really kind of uh, new and happening. So um, they're they're working on their nightlife. So that's pretty cool. <laughs> um, and Canton, Ohio, is the Pro Football Hall of Fame, the McKinley Birthplace Memorial, and um, a Buffalo Wild Wings. That's about it. Hmm. Um, so. <laughs> I saw just about all of that. Uh, hmm. I, I skipped the McKinley birthplace because he's not one of my favorite presidents. So, and to my defense hey, about hey. being bored in Columbus, <laughs> I was nine. So, well, yeah, I think nine is is a boring age. <laughs> yes, Jeff. You know, you know I def- I'll defend uh, William McKinley simply by virtue of the fact that he gave us Teddy Roosevelt. So, yes, I know I love <laughs> Teddy Roosevelt. Teddy Roosevelt is like my favorite president of all time. Man, yes. there. so his death at the the expo, what was it, the the uh, New York State? Something in Buffalo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In Buffalo. His death. And then then um, um, Roosevelt's response to that was like, oh, no, no, you said you didn't need me. So I went way up in the mountains with my family. I'm going to take as long as I can to come down so you can swear me in. Yes, because he's Teddy motherfucking Roosevelt. Right, yeah. exactly. <laughs> okay, what everybody needs to do, you need to read Assassination Vacation by Sarah Vowell. That book just lays it all out for you. And coincidentally, all the, uh, the, uh, the presidents that she talks about, Jinxie McDeath, or Michael Todd Lincoln, I think, yeah, was yeah, at Todd all Lincoln. of them. He was at all of the, de- uh, at all of the assassinations. Or... Was he at them or just worked for the presidents that were assassinated? Um, he was at them. <laughs> he was like maybe he wasn't like right next to McKinley, but he was at the World Fair. But yeah, he was. He worked for both Garfield and McKinley, though. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, Todd Lincoln, bad luck charm. Yeah, yeah. So Jinxie McDeath, it was great. So so anyway, yes, Todd. Uh, I love Teddy Roosevelt, my favorite president. There you go. Uh, <laughs> I think the fact that we got more excited talking about presidents rather than the Columbus, <laughs> Columbus game. Yeah. 
And the thing is, the Columbus game wasn't even the worst this week. We haven't even gotten to the Preds yet. (laughs) I I will say, thank God the Bruins beat Columbus because uh, my dear rec league team got smoked on Tuesday. So I'm we we, I got you know done with the games like oh oh, the Bruins won that that makes it sting a little bit worse. So Preds. Preds <laughs> was the best forward in that the game. One, yeah. Oh. The one thing okay. I want to talk about that game is that one of the, the Bruins' only really good scoring chance was that, that Tory Krug shot shot across the goal mouth in the first, right? Mm-hmm. Oh my god, that broke my heart. And that brings up something else interesting I noticed today. Is, of course, you know, Krug is snake bitten as fuck right now, right? <laughs> you know, he's got three goals. And he hasn't scored something like thirty three games or something oh. like that. Here's this some idea. He's taking the second most shots on the team at 178 shots on the season. Wow. His shooting percentage, his shooting percentage, 1.7. I just <laughs> saw that. I just saw that. Well, here. eventually, hoping that he's not very badly hurt, that's mm. got to change. Um, that's a lot of shots to not be scoring on. Like, yeah. look, he's only he's only trailing uh, Bergie by, by quite a few, by 22 shots, because Bergie's a machine. But, uh... <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yep, but you know, I mean, obviously. Also, Bergie's job as a forward is to pretty much take shots. <laughs> well, Krug's shot as the type of de- job as the type of defenseman he is is also that, really, right? Yeah, yeah, but I'm still gonna argue that the forward should probably make more shots. Um, yeah, I mean, he's out shooting Berg. He's out shooting Brad, which is a uh, by one by one shot. I I don't care. Brad can do anything he wants right now. <laughs> and Krug's shooting a lot more than just the shots on goal total. He's missing a lot. I mean, he, I think he's he must be either gripping the stick too much or doing something else. Don't spit your drink out, VA. <laughs> um, but, yeah, he he's trying too hard to score, and he can't. Well, you see, that's just it. The, you get the when you go out, once you're on the Schneid, it just gets worse, right? Because they start thinking they get tense. Look yeah. at, you know, Tyler during the 2013 playoffs. That just snowballed. Oh, yeah. Well, it's the same sort of thing. Yeah. Bajillion shots with a 1% su- shooting percentage or something like that. Yeah. yeah. It's got to get better. <laughs> Eventually. Basically, he'll work this out. He, he will get yeah. this yeah. Um, straightened out. I think he puts too much pressure on himself. It makes everything worse. And also, isn't he? He's an RFA this year, right? So he's yeah. gonna, yes. he might be work, worrying a little bit about stuff that he probably should just kind of table right now. Mm. Um, I think that that kind of factors into things. I mean, it's not as bad as being a UFA. I think that's yeah. a more troublesome thing. But anyway, he's he's coming off a pair of short term con- pair of one year contracts, right? So he's, mm-hmm. I mean, you got to figure he wants to get a real contract now, and that's probably affecting him. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Once yeah. term, because mean- too much uncertainty. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, I think that he's probably working himself a little bit too much. Mm-hmm. That's all. Um, and I think that I really. Honest to God, hope he's not badly injured. Uh, we'll get to oh, that in a little yeah. bit, but you know, um, I know that there's going to be a lot of things at, at work here. It's not just simply like uh, he has bad aim. I don't think that's it at all. I think it's uh, there's a lot of things going on. I was excited to see that game, and then <laughs> I quickly became unexcited to see that game. Uh, that game was boring. <laughs> oh. I did the recap on that one uh, on BobbyDeBurgie.com. I did that recap, and it was just insufferable. It was like uh, midway through the second period, I was like, why? Why am I taking notes on this? There's nothing to take notes on. 
So everything got a little silly after that. There's no scoring beyond the first period. And yeah. yes, yeah. the the Preds defense was blocking a lot of shots, and that's kind of exciting <clears throat> in some ways. It's not really exciting when your team is the one that you want to win. Yeah. All right, Anthony. Yeah. They couldn't the forward group couldn't connect a pass either. It wasn't just so much that the Preds were suppressing shots. They couldn't break out, and if they did, it was only for 10, 15 seconds in the offensive zone, and then put back the other way it goes. Yeah. They suppressed Berkey a lot. Yeah. I was just going to say, I mean, the Bruins didn't necessarily play terribly that game. Um, Once they bothered showing up, somewhere around halfway through the second, um, they did play with some fire. It just was completely ineffective. I mean, you could definitely, I mean, the first period was unconscionable because the Bruins just didn't bother showing up to the fucking game. Um, no, no, I think I wrote about that. Yeah. But it did, as I said, it did get better. It just didn't accomplish a damn thing because the Preds just like, okay, well, we're choking it all off now. Um, the Preds did expertly play to protect the lead. It actually did it in a way that was effective. It was textbook. Mm. Trap era hockey. Yeah. So... Points to the Preds there. You know, it was a shit game, but, uh, you know, you did exactly what I guess you needed to do to win that one. So, cool tools. They're, they're struggling in that tough central division. Huh. Well, it's a wood chipper. <laughs> <laughs> a wood chipper? Okay, so more pleasant thoughts. Last night's game! Yay! Uh, Seven to was, three. That's ridiculous. Man, I got to tell you, I went into yesterday's game thinking... <laughs> This is not going to be a win. I don't know why I'm going to bother to watch this. <laughs> um, Tyler Sagan's going to have another hat trick. Uh, Jamie Ben is going to irritate me by existing. <laughs> you know, all of those things. And some of those were true, but most of them were not. So, Except for Jamie Ben. <laughs> yeah, he just annoys me. You know the worst thing? That was a, a, a draft kit, a Bruins draft pick that picked him. It was the fifth rounder that we traded for Adam McQuaid. Ah! <laughs> okay, wait a minute. We traded that fifth to Columbus to get Adam McQuaid, and eventually I, that pick found, found its way into Dallas's hands and yeah, became Jamie Benn. Yeah, I know. I, You know what? I think that draft pick just needed to go away. Like, no, okay. No, I, I love Adam McQuaid for his Adam McQuaid. And, and, and no, I'm, not, I'm not even criticizing. It's just like that's a bummer, right? Because it's a fifth-round pick. Mm-hmm. What are the odds of that becoming anything? Not great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, uh, the Bruins acquired the draft pick that got Ray Bork in a rather serendipitous fashion, so I suppose we're still leading in that category. Oh, yeah, and there was you know the picks that became uh, um, Sagan and, and Dougie. Yeah. But, um. <laughs> oh my God, I, no, no, I no, hope no. that somebody just does some great chart, some flow chart to show. I'm sure that there's some. No, out I there. really, sh- I should, I should know this. I like keeping track of things like that. For example, this the is only what part. This- the only parts of Joe Thornton we still have are uh, are part of Seidenberg and Alex Kokolchev. Part of Seidenberg. <laughs> some of the things that became some of the things that became sides were were direct descendants of the um, uh, uh, of the uh, of the Thornton trade by way of um, uh, Brad Stewart and um, uh, Wayne Primo becoming Ference and Chuck Kobasu, who became a second that became some plug that became part of sides. I heard something weird, like Milan Lucic was somehow connected with the Cam Neely trade. Like yes, a while that ago. one. Mm-hmm. Um, the, that one's a good one. That's Cam Neely trade also came with the first that became Glenn, Le- Glenn Wesley, mm-hmm. who was traded for traded or offer sheet. I don't remember which for three draw, for three firsts. The last of which was Samsonov, who was mm-hmm. eventually traded, of course, for the second round pick that became Lucic. Lucic. Mm-hmm. Hmm. 
No, and they it was a it was a trade, straight up trade. Okay. Yeah. See, when you, say, when you say Long. part, oh yeah, when you say part of a player, I can't can't help but imagine like his shoulder or his yeah. arm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I imagine. Yeah, I did imagine the shoulder arm. That was what I imagined. <laughs> But anyway, so yeah, we gotta watch what happens uh, with uh, with Co- with Coco to find out what uh, where uh, where we go next from 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 Joe Thornton. And you can make that same statement about Neely with the uh, with uh, the San Jose pick because Luch was traded to L.A. for oh yeah. Um, so yeah, so right now Jones, Jones becomes the San Jose first pick. But remember, Luke, Neely is now also of course become Chiller and Zaboral and Corrali yeah. too. So. Uh, <laughs> mm. Okay, you know what? This is um, the summer thing that I'm going to do this year. I'm going to have somebody like explain this like whole massive chart for me, or make me do a homework assignment where I have a flowchart of all of this stuff. That's oh. what I'm going to do for the summer. In the meantime, I'm going to move on. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, the summer <laughs> is made for for. Boning up your knowledge on things. And I did a poor job of that last summer, and I, I hope to do a better job of it this summer. That's all. Like, um, you know, I read the game, I don't know how long ago, uh, over the course of a summer and a fall, and that made me learn a lot of different things that I didn't know. So anyway, uh, okay, yeah, so uh, we're on to last night's game. Oh, man. It's like, it's almost too beautiful to explain. Um, we talked about that, though, didn't we? Yeah. Let's talk about it again. <laughs> it was so good. I just can't help but talk about it again and again and again. I'm going to end up watching that game when it's finally on the NHL TV thing, because I really do have to see that for myself. Because yeah. I swear to God, I thought they were going to get creamed. I did not like deliberately choose to go out because I thought they were going to get creamed. But I just wanted to be social. But I really thought like when it was three to one or something, I was just like, it's over. These yeah. guys are just going to get run over. And then, nope, nope, nope. I think it was perfectly acceptable noting, seeing how the Bruins played on Thursday mm. to expect that the Bruins would not be able to come right. back. Yeah. Yeah. But um, and the, it, So basically, as soon as the game ended on Thursday, I was like, there's no chance against the Stars. <laughs> yes, Nick. Yeah, I, I remember watching the first and thinking, well, that's kind of a bummer. Um, and then sometime in the second period, I do remember this very vividly. I said, man, besides this first period, this game's been kind of boring. No action. <laughs> boom. Brad's second goal. I'm like, oh, cool. Something's happening. Then boom. Kevin uh, Miller. Kevin Miller. Combining <laughs> too, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, no, actually, I think that um, NHL.com gave Combining the, the credit for it, but it was actually Miller. Oh. Okay. Yeah, because I remember looking at that, like the the alert came across my phone, and I'm like, "What? No, <laughs> I know." And then okay, Glenn yeah, said, that, "Don't worry, it'll correct itself." It did, because uh, yeah, Combine's only at two and two on the season, and one of his goals was um, Tuesday, right? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. So no, no, that was Kevin Miller. It was such a strange goal. Like you saw it go off his stick, and it just bounced around, and then kind of just slid right into the goal and Compinum was like right around there, but I don't think he touched it at all. So it was like, we sat there like, we'll take it. <laughs> oh, yeah. you know, Kevin Miller is now our third, our third top scoring defenseman. He, um, <laughs> uh, that goal last night put him ahead of, 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 of Colin Miller uh, for, 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 for 16 points on the season. He's uh 
she's still 10 points behind Krug and um, uh, 16 behind uh, behind Z. But, uh, yeah. Well, you know, I saw Kevin Miller do two th- good things last night. So that's good for me. Oh, he did some, like, jagged, like, blocking maneuvers in front of the net the one time and during the uh, Dallas power play. And uh, they didn't take a shot on goal. Success. <sighs> anyway. Um, yeah, that was a good game. I really enjoyed it. Um, I like it when the Bruins score a lot of goals and when the other team gives up after the first. Yeah, and I'd like it when the Stars lose. So there. <laughs> I no, a... yeah. oh. Sorry. Nick I... first, then Jeff. Okay. I made a comment. Uh, to... I, I had friends over last night. Some of them were Dallas uh, Stars fans. But I made a comment at the end of the game uh, saying, man, the Stars totally pulled the Bruins. <laughs> Burn. Yeah. <laughs> and like, oh, sorry, guys. Here, have some guacamole. <laughs> <laughs> That'll make it feel better. It's in a potato. <laughs> no, they're, they're... <laughs> I worked really hard on these guys. I did. and I know. I'm just saying. I was mean one other person when the only one to eat them. But that's okay. <laughs> Takes all, right, all I, kinds. I think that Jeff had a point. Mm-hmm. Um. Well, they, 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 my point was basically is like the Stars uh, against a team that has you know a pretty impressive offense relative to the rest of the league chose to put Lightning in rather than Niemi. Neither of them are great goalies, but Niemi is appreciably better than Lightning. Hmm. Um. So that wasn't the great decision on a team for, for them to do. It'd be sort of not wouldn't be quite us choosing to play Gustafsson against the Stars, which would have been suicide. But um. You know, Neil could have could have improved his decision making mm. process there. Uh yeah. You know what? I'm not going to overthink this. Um, <laughs> I know on my fantasy team that I gave up on like weeks ago because I kind of forgot, uh, <laughs> and then decided after my uh, primary goalie was never coming back this season oh. to just say fuck it. <laughs> um, my two goalies were. <laughs> Niemi and Lentinen. Oh. Oh. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to have one, you need to have the other because neither of them get enough starts to be a goalie Yeah, for yeah. I, fig- I couldn't figure out who was one and two, so I was just like, fuck it. I'm just going to do this both. because Carrie Price can will totally be back. And so then, um, yeah. So I'm probably in eighth place. I haven't looked. I don't give a shit. Pretend hockey. Anyway, so the crux of the episode this week, we're talking about trade deadline stuff aren't we like generalities because we don't want to be hemmed in too much yes yes yeah mm-hmm. correct i'm gonna add like some scary music when you say trade deadline and i'll like trade deadline deadline so the deadline 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 yeah put the reverb on it Totally put some reverb on it. Like, I'll do it. Trade deadline. <laughs> trade deadline. <laughs> Monday, Monday, Monday. <laughs> Monday, Monday, Monday. February 29th. The trade, trade, trade deadline. Tickets are just 12 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> Say goodbye to your favorite player. <laughs> Come on down to the Hydrox Arena. Does that get me like? Does that get me access to like standing over Don Sweeney's shoulder? I mean, because uh, that would be I would pay that totally. Oh shit! Is that Kate's music? 
I hope you acquired a grave digger. That'd be cool. <laughs> I was partial to Bigfoot myself. Oh. <laughs> Isn't there one named Godzilla, too? <laughs> Fuck I want Godzilla. In general, I think we should acquire a monster truck. <laughs> Specifically, it should be um, insert name of monster yeah. truck. Okay. Okay, I think we're done. We're done. Yay! Right. We get to keep Lily, we get to keep Rad, and we have the monster truck. <laughs> Is the monster truck a defenseman? Oh, I was just saying that we gotta park it in front of Tuka. <laughs> no, no, they screened the goalie too much there, right? You know. Oh, okay, yeah, that's true. That's the what. That's what I was trying to say. Our defense screens our own fucking goalie at times. Okay, so we'll okay, okay. We'll park it in front of the other goalie. <laughs> Suck on that other twenty-nine GMs. <laughs> we just outsmarted every single other GM in the business. <laughs> Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Actually, it's Monday, 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 Monday. Monday, Monday, Monday. Monday. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Next Monday, Monday, Monday. Okay. So, are the Bruins buyers? Are they sellers? Should they stand pat? What do we think, just in general? All right. Well, I think they need to buy a defenseman, don't they? I I think they need a defenseman. Um, The question comes down to should they bother or not? Um, And I don't have an answer for that. Um, I I think like if whatever we're getting, we're sending away Louie and then we have another kind of like hole to like, you know, deal with. Well, I don't think we're getting a realistically defense that we can play now for Louie. I think Louie is going to get traded for futures. Yes. Yeah. Let's 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 abolish this notion of trading Louie for Vitanin or something because it's not going to happen. Here's another thought I've had. Is Krug on the block? Hmm. We got some young puck-moving defensemen that are not playing now that could easily fill in his shoes. I don't... I know. That's bold, because Krug's kind of an... He's, again, we talked about this. He's having some shooting percentage yeah. issues, but he's he's a bit of an offensive super weapon. And, yeah. you know, people chatter about, you know, about, about Grelchik being possibly a reasonable su- successor, but he ain't going to be in the NHL next... In the fall. Oh, I was just referring to uh, uh, Chiller. Okay, mm-hmm. first of all, I just have to say this, and then I'm going to get to Anthony. All right. When you said, is Tori on the block, all I could think of is Jenny from the block. <laughs> 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 so that song went through my head. And, I'm just um, Tori on the block. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Anthony, seriously. Nick, I'm with you on that. Um, Krug's being an RFA. I was listening to WEI this morning. Um, DJ Bean's um, Sunday Skate. It's actually a really good show. I recommend it. Um, and they were talking about Krug, I believe, in the first hour. And it's, you know, what is he going to get for a contract? Um, you know, he's not playing too, you know, offensively that great this year. We all know he's got that 1.7 shooting percentage. Um, if you package him and Louie, maybe you can pull a guy like Shattenkirk or Vatanen in return. And that bolsters your top four. As opposed I think to having Shattenkirk's a... totally off the table, though, right now. There's no way we're yeah, going to get Petrangelo's him. Petrangelo's on the shelf for a few more weeks. <clears throat> Blues are, this is realistically maybe the Blues' last shot. I mean, certainly Hitchcock's last shot there. So I don't see them selling someone like Shattenkirk yeah. at all. Even if they get Petrangelo back right now, not going to happen. Yeah. Yeah, um, I'll be honest with you. I myself, 
I'm looking for the future. This season, yeah. I'm enjoying it in spurts, um, but <laughs> I, I don't think that we're going to have a big playoff run, and I'd rather get uh, a building block for the future. Uh, yeah. Nick. And um, I, I know I'm, I'm with you, VA, and I know a lot of us want to maybe try to get someone from the Blues, which I th- the Blues, I think they're, they're off the marker right now. They've won five in a row. Um, so they're playing hot. Why would you really want to mess <laughs> with, with that? Yeah, they are getting their scoring together yeah. now. It seems so. I uh, although I, I still would like to see what could be acquired uh, if you put Louis and Krug together. I don't know. I really I think, don't know. I think he could make conversation with um, Anaheim more interesting. Mm-hmm. That said, that said, um, the logical player to come back if they did that would be Vatanen. And um, if one of their reasons why they might trade Vatanen is because they have to give contracts to Vatanen and, Lin- and Hampus Lindholm, why on earth would they trade for Krug, who may well cost more than Vatanen? Mm. I, I have a question, too. Um, do we overvalue Tori? We're talking about a guy who's a former, well, he was a free agent, you know. Um, he's had a moderate level of success here. Um, he certainly had that breakout run in the, uh, what, 2013 uh, <coughs> push, you know? Then he followed that up a year the next year. He was in the, the, the Calder conversation right to the end. I think he was just missed being a finalist. Mm-hmm. And it was I think it was like Forrest, was... wasn't he? Yeah, and he got and he got bumped because uh, Tyler Johnson and Andre Pallat both got nominated on the on the on Tampa that year. So yep. he got yeah. uh, as otherwise he would have been a top three up until pretty late in the race. There, I think. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying being a free agent is less than being somebody who was drafted or anything. <clears throat> I'm just saying that it's possible that for our own player, where we have a certain. Uh, hold on him. You know, but the, the, the question there becomes those: What happens next year? Then do we do? We don't. I don't think none of the, apart from you know whatever it is that that Chapman and Morrow are, which I think the jury is still very much out on both of them. I don't. And uh, and we, and with Chiller coming up, we still have the issue of who replaces Krug really. Like like mm-hmm. not not ju- not not just in terms of the offense, but he is getting better off- better defensively. He he's taking a stronger defensive role this year than he has in the past. Um, now, of course, that does. There is the one possibility there that makes them unnecessary. Is uh, the the common assumption among the hockey world that uh, that uh, the Keith Yandel is going to come home? Oh. Uh, yeah, you know, I love the feel good story of the year, but uh, I'm going to pass. Going to take a hard pass on that one. Yeah. Um, I just think he's too old. Um, yeah, he still gets some stuff in the in the. Uh, uh, to to work with, but I, I just think the time has passed. So um, I promise Kate next. So okay, um, what I was going to say is also something that we haven't really we're not considering right now is that I think um, Tori Krug is trying to be more of a leader in the locker room, and I think that's also something to consider as being part of you know how valuable he would be to the team. Um, if we get rid of him, I mean, like Brad Marchand has stepped up. There's Patrice Bergeron, David Krejci, all that. But um, he's really trying to make a go at having, like, you know, a leadership role in the locker room, which would, um, I don't think, like, Chiller or Morrow or Trotman would be able to, like, replace, you know, like, right off the bat. So I think we have to consider that as well. Well, you, you know, I think it's really interesting, too, um, and maybe Jeff can join in on this, or Anthony as well, um, that I, I think there's this, like, huge gap between, um, like, uh, 
you know, in, in the um, age and maybe appropriate leadership in the uh, defensive core, because we have like uh-huh. Chara on the one end, who obviously is the captain. And I'm not saying anything about that other than he is the captain, you know, and he's of a certain age and we have like some people in between, but then we have a lot of youth. Yeah. You know, um, so I think anytime anybody can sh- demonstrate any ability to uh, step up with leadership is is a great thing. Um, I, definitely, I'm not sold on Trotman by any mm-hmm. means. Uh, he's definitely been given a really great. <laughs> I'm sorry, I got lost because I looked at the thing. Um, I think, uh, uh, you know, we had that that whole Matt Irwin experience earlier year, which was awful. Mm. Um, and a lot of not Trotman playing, and now he's playing, but we're not seeing any pickup in his skill. It, it's, he looked better at the end of last year than he has at most points this year, I would say. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, you know, I, I am of the belief that we're just going to have to blow up the defense, you know. Hmm. Uh, and I don't know if Krug is really a part of that. I don't know. Um, yes, Jeff, you were going to say something before I... Well, I think part of the Krug decision also comes down to <laughs> who are they going to give Kelly's A to long-term. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, I think that Krug and Marshy are the realistic candidates for that. Um, I suspect with the contract, they're almost, they have to give Marshy and come July 1st at this point. It's probably him. Mm. But we went into this season with a serious discussion in the long term. It's like, okay, will it be one of those two? And that was sort of the, where that conversation started and ended. Yeah, I, you know what? I got to tell you, Marshy is making like this huge argument for himself that not only does oh, he deserve to be paid and he needs to, uh, he is really taking up a lot of leadership, definitely mm-hmm. on the ice. I mm-hmm. think even though he's still retaining that pest kind of image, yeah. um, there could be a role, a leadership role in there somewhere. Um, well, but he got to throw a bone. He's killing, he's kicking ass and you got to reward that. Yeah. And it's more than just money. I yeah. love mm-hmm. Brad. <laughs> I, I, I've said that many, many times this year, so I'm going to keep saying it. Yeah. He's I, doing a good job. I regret not getting a Brad uh, jersey. I got. I, I feel like I need one now. I <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to go jersey, but I definitely need jersey. Yes. Yes, I agree. For years, I thought Brad would all, you know was only going to be on this team for so long. He yeah. you know, was good, but never seemed like the kind of player you hold on for life. But I'm starting <laughs> to think that Brad's going to be a, a lifer and B. Mm. I, I I always assumed we only had two players in the current roster that are likely to get banners. Mm. That would of course be Z and, and Bergie. Mm. Both of them are both of whom are shoe-ins, I think. Oh. Mm. I'm starting to think, especially if he stays here career long, which is looking increasingly likely, we could end up with Brad up in the rafters. Oh wow. <laughs> you know what? Let me just say something about Brad real quick, because I obviously can't speak enough good stuff about him. You know, I think there was there was a report like a year or a year and a half ago that he had seen a sports psychiatrist or something mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. kind of yeah. overcome some of his uh, th- or the things that he wanted to work on. After the have meltdown. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And I think we're seeing the fruits of that now. I think maybe last year, you know, he had the elbow injury. He obviously needed to have surgery. Um, he was trying to work through all that stuff. But this year we're seeing the fruits of that, that work that he's doing. And, you know, people who want to lead – and, and people who who um, who are leaders, they they work on themselves in many different ways. And I just I, I can't help but think that Brad's got to have some kind of leadership role, like real like a I don't know if I'd go so far as a C eventually, but definitely an A. Oh, anyway. So 
Okay, so did we determine whether or not they're sellers? Did everybody talk about that? Or buyers? I think the answer is yes. <laughs> I think that's the conclusion we reached. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, if, if something's, if there's some low hanging flute, flute, low hanging. Taste <laughs> <laughs> <Case> curve. <laughs> you, you grab the low hanging flutes and fruits, but otherwise, uh, I, I would, you know, just build for the future. The team's still going to be good. Still probably make the playoffs with or without Louie. Um, maybe they just don't, you know, maybe. maybe with Louie, you get a six-game series instead of a five. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't see much of a difference. So, say we get this miraculous deal and we get either Vodnin or somebody for Louie. Mm-hmm. It shores up the defense on the top pairing. I still think that's not enough. Shatan uh, eighty-one makes a great reference, makes a great article on our new website, BobbyDeBergie.com. Um, and John Michael Lyles is a, is an interesting option for the second pairing with Dennis Seidenberg. Um, he's going UFA next year in Carolina. Carolina is going to be sellers and he can just eat up minutes. He's 35. He'll be cheap. We're talking a third or fourth. Yeah. Rounder, I was going to say yeah. he is old. <laughs> like, so that's, that's effectively free at that point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The other interesting thing about defense and um, that I'm going to bring up is, uh, Bruins hold the rights for this Russian fella by the name of Max Chudinov. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, um, uh, you know, see, they drafted him in the seventh round in 2011 or 2010. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I did, uh, and, and, and uh, Dominic Tiano on Twitter mentioned that he's, um, he has his, his contract's expiring with the, um, with the KHL, and his team's probably not making the playoffs, which means he would be free fairly soon. KHL, mm-hmm. or, they are making the playoffs, but they're not expected to go deep. KHL playoffs starting now. Mm-hmm. Um, Bruins will presumably have him on their uh, reserve list, which means he could join post-dreadline. Um, mm. Now, the question be whether he actually wants to come to North America, whether the Bruins want him, or whether he'd be effective. Now, I had uh, asked uh, Kirk Ludicky about this in, on Twitter, and uh, Ludicky's response uh, wasn't, wasn't bullish. He doesn't seem to be a fan of Chudnov. He says he, he thinks he's too small, doesn't have an, it, it isn't the right thing to do it to make a difference, but Basically, what it would be is he's he'd be found money. Um, it would be a roster spot. We'd only sign him for you know this prorated tiny one one year deal. If it be, if it becomes an option, if Sweeney if there's any kind of interest at all, why wouldn't Sweeney sign him even just to see if there's one more body that can make a difference? Because remember mm-hmm. the twenty the twenty three man roster cap is gone after the deadline. Mm-hmm. So oh, after okay. the deadline after the deadline you can have more guys on your active roster as long as you're under the cap. Mm-hmm. And then once you hit the playoffs, there's no cap. Yeah. <clears throat> which is how, for example, last year um, uh, Chicago, Chicago was able to trade for was able to trade for Vermet because Kane didn't come off LTIR until after the playoffs started. Mm. Greasy, greasy as shit, but it worked. I have enjoyed this season. It's had its ups and its downs, but I've really enjoyed watching the Bruins. They have a lot of new names and a new, uh, you know, kind of a new style to follow. I've been enjoying this year. They, they play a, a, high, a high voltage kind of hockey. Yeah. I enjoy the offensive side. Yeah. yeah. The defensive side has given me a great amount of pain. and makes makes me wonder why I like defensemen at all <laughs> <laughs> at times. Um, I mean, you know, it's okay. It, we get by. Somehow or another, um, it works um, on some level. And then other nights, it's just a disaster. But it's, you know, I don't think that the Bruins are alone uh, in having that issue. So... I should just shut up. That's all. Um, all right. So what's the next part of this? 
Bare necessities? Oh, no. I don't know if we're... Huh. Uh, is there any more that we want to add to what could happen with the Bruins? I mean, I think the only... Correct me if I'm wrong here, but I think we're all agreeing Louis going to get traded. Yeah. It sounds like there's a serious issue with respect to term and yeah. possibly uh, with um, uh, trade protection, which mm. that are I doubt his agent and Sweeney are going to overcome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I have a feeling that if they could have worked something out, they already would have. Yeah. Um, and, but I could be very naive on that because and, I don't do contract negotiations. And, so. and as much as I love Louis, I'm happy that it appears that Sweeney is taking a hard line on term because that's the right decision. Because yeah. again, in a year, Marchand, Spooner, and Pasta all come up at the same time, and that's going to be rough. Yeah, <laughs> and, and I think that we all agree that that's protecting pay, the future. You have to pay Marshy. Um, yes, yeah. Anthony. Uh, one thing I learned this morning on Twitter is that Louis' agent is also J.P. Barry, who is Dougie Hamilton's agent, Hamilton and Carl Soderberg. So <laughs> the organization and him don't have a good rapport together. Uh-huh. Yeah, so that's a little scary. When I heard that, I heard that like a number of months ago, and I was just like, "Oh fuck, we're screwed. We're not gonna get him back. You know, they're gonna just ask for too much or just be dickheads." So okay. Oh. Well, I don't know if Soderbergh's a good example because I have a hunch the Bruins never intended to resign him. Mm. But anyway. Dougie. Yeah. (laughs) You know, I I think it's very uh, it's very possible that agents control things in certain ways. Well, who's um, it? Kurt Overhard or whatever the fuck it is? Like the, 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 the uh, Johansson's uh, my agent, and he's also freaking Joanne's uh, agent, I think. Oh, certain, certain agents are a problem. There is no yeah. that's no secret. And I mean, honestly, they get a cut of the contract, so they're going to want to get like big term money as well. So they're looking out for themselves as much as they are looking out for their clients. I think. Well, I would argue the agents are always looking out for themselves. But it it's under the guise of looking out for their their clients. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, I don't trust agents at all. Uh, so that's um, when you look at you look at certain players that haven't usually been in the habit of having agents. Marty Broder never had one. He always negotiated his own contracts. Really? Oh wow. And I think Joe Thornton hasn't been a particularly agent heavy guy. It's part of why he's only ever signed three year contracts. He's never signed longer. His mm. brother, I thought, was like his manager or something. Yeah, he has to have someone do the talking for you, but not being part of the Man, a, a management firm or the yeah know, is, is is different. It, yeah, if you can understand the language in a contract, then you can do it yourself. I mean, it's that's that's what it comes down to. Um, some people just prefer not to do, deal with that. They'd rather have somebody. They'd pay somebody to do it. Um, honestly, I'm the cheap kind of bastard that would want to save the two or three points on it and do it myself. Mm. <laughs> it all depends on what your priorities are, I guess, right? It's, it's ignition of, one issue of being knowledgeable and able to hold your own in negotiations. But again, if you're down to earth and say, well, this is what I want to get, I don't, you know, if you have big money or term or whatever is not your priority, then I guess it's fine. But it's a lot of risk for these guys too, right? You know, mm. they're, they're, they're looking at, at most, you know, the best players will have an 18 year career ish. Mm. I know, but you know, lo- hockey players are lucky in the respect that their contracts are actually real. Uh, whereas in other sports, it's not very true. Like football, those things aren't worth the paper. They're paint. Uh, they're, they're printed on. Um, or basketball, either side can back out whenever mm. pretty much. <laughs> yeah. There are so many options based, uh, 
basketball is full of options. Football is full of like signing bonuses and cap things that can be manipulated very easily. And, you know, they can cut you pretty much at any time with minimal loss. So, yeah, hockey is a pretty good sport in that respect but hockey players don't get paid the amount of yeah, money yeah exactly that... the money the, the money that's on the table there's a fraction of the other of the rest of the other three big four yeah so i mean i i i get it i understand why players want to get the most that they can uh, mm-hmm. it's it's a tough sport and you, you know you can well, be out of it pretty quickly that's why i don't i don't begrudge louis wanting six years or whatever the fuck it is because he should yeah. There's no he has absolutely no reason to settle for the 3 years that I assume the Bruins are offering him because they'd be stupid to offering him longer. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, you know what? Power to you, Louie. Kick ass somewhere else. It's going to be what it is. I've got to both I'll, I'll both cry and be joyous when we whenever we play you. Just some sign in the West, please. <laughs> <laughs> Just sign in the West, please. Do you think all- that they'll wait until the 29th to move Louie? You think they'll wait? Or, Here's the thing: is there's three, okay, the three big wingers that are on the market are are, are Louis, Andrew Ladd, and mm-hmm. uh, and Mikkel Bedker, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Ladd, of course, is supposed to be the big one on the market, which I don't really get, frankly. Ladd's having a garbage season for him. Mm-hmm. Um, Louis should be the one that sets the tone, partly because he plays both sides. Mm-hmm. Mostly because he plays both sides. And realistically speaking, if you're trading for someone at the deadline, you want someone that can potentially slot in a variety of places because you need sure. to find a role. For, for example, in, 20, in 2013, when the Pens picked up Aginla, they didn't have a place for him. They were playing him on the left. That was stupid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it didn't work out. So, okay. and, and, and he's also, of the three, far and away the most best-rounded. Mm-hmm. So I personally think Louis should be the one that sets the market, but Lad's the one that everyone, everyone, all the all the hot takers out there, say. Once uh, uh once one goes, they're all gonna go though. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, Domino, like, absolutely, absolutely. So it's like a standoff. Oh yeah, it's a <laughs> winger we standoff. All we can agree Domino's. is is all we can agree on is Bodker's not the one setting the thing. Everybody, get your guns out! Come on, it's a standoff. <laughs> I, I wonder if like, anything's going to happen this week because we are headed to like the home stretch, basically. Like a team that wants that needs a, a good spot for that. You know, the talk of say Chicago needing a top line left wing, for example. Mm. Um, okay, Louis's not going team, to Chicago. No. <laughs> Can we just have some like rules think about against how Chicago getting anything? Think about how absurdly defensively responsible a line of of. Louis Taves and and Hosawa it would be oh, though. God. That's ridiculous. That it would be completely ridiculous. soulless. Mm-hmm. It would be in line with uh, in league with the devil. <laughs> soulless. That's not fair to Hosa or or Louis. <laughs> <laughs> Taves is soulless enough for all three of them. <laughs> I you know what? I look at Louis. I don't see much going on there. I mean, I hear he's a great guy. I I hear he's a great guy, and that he's just about the the best guy to hang out with. Um, but you know, maybe. Oh my God, I know what it is. Oh, this is why I'm so terrible to hang out with. Because the best people to hang out with are the quiet ones. <laughs> Everybody likes the quiet ones. God damn it. <laughs> see, see, apart from, from from Taves too, that line would be probably great. I mean, 
Give him up. Hosa is Chara's best friend in the world. I know. <laughs> best man at his wedding. Lives across Aww. the street from Entrenchen. They invite each other to their respective cup parties back in Switzerland, back in, Ch- in Slovakia. To be <laughs> fair, what else is there to do in Trenchen? I don't I know. know. I've, I've never, never been, been there. there. <laughs> they have a castle. No Why not go to it? Right? Mm-hmm. If I had a castle in my town, I'd fucking go to it all the time. I didn't care who was throwing a party. I'd get in. <laughs> That's why I'm a terrible person. Anyway, um, I just don't want to think about Chicago getting anything more. I'm done with Chicago. Yeah. They can yeah. stop. They're done. <laughs> just stop it. Stop playing all the outdoor games. Stop Uh-oh. getting all the people. Stop getting all the cups. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> all right. That's all I ask for. It's no longer fun. You're being no fun. <laughs> Who's not being fun? Me or Chicago? Chicago. Okay. Because I'm plenty fun. Chicago's no fun. You are fun. totally Blame them. fun. Even so. though you are really, really talkative. No. It is really unfair the possibility that they could actually be competitive even with those retarded contracts for, 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 for Taves and Hosa. Like, for Taves and Kane, like, that's just unfair. It really is. They were, supposed to be, they were supposed to be capped out of competitiveness now. <laughs> it's true. Well, and they're still just rolling. Yeah. And really not Hannibal fair. And and Toivo and... Uh... Yeah. They finally um, actually have a second line center in Anismov. Yeah. Um, which they've never had. Because they were playing guys like Hanzus and Boland as second line centers in some of those cup teams. <laughs> what the fuck is that? <laughs> I just can't wait till the Bruins play them and beat them. Okay. By the way, March 3rd is when we, uh, find, when we, when we play the, uh, finally play the, the, the Hawks for the first time this season. First home- time? Is it home yeah, we, played, we played them March 3rd and April 3rd. Um. All right, so I think it's time that we uh, embrace the bare necessities because, um, oh, God, we're still more than a week away from the deadline. Damn it. This deadline's stupid. Just uh, barely a week away, though. They need, to cater this, away. they need to put this around our schedule. What the yeah. fuck, right? Yeah. <laughs> we record on Sundays. Can't you, like, I don't know, come up with a better time for your trade deadline? I know. Consult us next time. I know like, we didn't exist like... before... But now we do. So sh- we need to coordinate our buying of alcohol with the trade deadline. Oh, next week. Next week, we should just have a full bare necessities on, like the full episode should be what we need to get through the trade deadline. <laughs> liquors for different. <laughs> liquors for different scenarios. <laughs> Mimosas and like Bailey's with coffee. I can do this. I really could do this. You know, it just. <laughs> <laughs> Well, well, wait, it was in vodka it... and Rocky Road. I remember you saying that. <laughs> I'm going to buy myself again. Moonshine and Rocky Road in the blender. <laughs> <laughs> well. We have Columbus tomorrow. Columbus. Depends on Wednesday. Oh, yeah. Ooh. And then the Canes on Friday. Guess who will be at that game? What? <laughs> <laughs> I'll be there. I got my tickets in section 109. Wow. wow. Nice. Mm. And Very nice. We also have Tampa approximately when we're recording on next uh, Sunday. Oh, God. Um, so just to follow up on my extract in co- hot cocos, I had four cups of hot coffee, hot coffee, hot cocoa with one with strawberry extract, banana, orange, and cherry. Mm. I have to say the cherry was the worst of the four. Yep. Um, I think it's because I do like chocolate and cherry. It's one of my favorite cakes. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think it was because it's not dark hot chocolate. Mm. So it was just kind of meh. The banana one, I know Nick, you suggested that. It was very interesting. I enjoyed it. 
Oh, good. That um, also might I be don't... better with the dark, dark chocolate. Sorry. I agree. But the best by far in a large is orange. Orange chocolate <laughs> is the greatest thing <laughs> fucking ever. <laughs> so I'm going to continue that thread, that uh, trend going into next week. So how many other extracts do you have to try? Just so I, I have, I have a vanilla, a brandy, some butter, other flavor one that I can't remember off the top of my head, and I think I've got a lime one in the back of the cabinet. Oh my god! You know what you should do? You should take some peanut butter and just dunk it in there and just swirl it around. I want to find a recipe for that, but yes, I do. I no, want to no, try that. No, no, there's no recipe. You take it's a spoon, spoon, a jar of peanut butter. <laughs> <laughs> and you just do that. Yes, that's exactly it. Of course, my doppelganger happened to get it perfectly. <laughs> he explained it better chocolate than I did. Chocolate in my peanut butter. Yeah. Basically. You put peanut butter <laughs> in my chocolate. Oh, jeez. I wonder if raspberry jam I'm would work Reese's. then. <laughs> you, okay, this commercial's way old, but there used to be a commercial for Hershey's ice cream where the robot would take the ice cream and kept trying to put it in its mouth up here. <laughs> Oh God! I'm gonna see if I can find that commercial, and I'm gonna stop banging my head right now. So, um, <laughs> it was a great commercial, but yeah. Oh man, I love peanut butter. I had like my day was just full of peanut butter yesterday. So I say, just put some peanut butter in that hot cocoa, get some whipped cream, put it on top, have yourself a party. Anyway, <laughs> um, take a chocolate bar, dark chocolate. Don't get in there. Good. All right. I am full of ideas. Okay. Who wants to go next? I don't know who you're pointing Kate! At, it's Kate! Okay. Oh, jeez. <laughs> um, I don't even really know. I mean, that Lambic I had last week was really good. And if they still have the peach kind, I might try that next week for my game. So, But the raspberry was really amazing. I, as far as I'm concerned, the raspberry Lambic is like the start and the end but yeah it's okay other people like other things well there's also like what is it cassis or something or like oh, i don't cassis, know what that is yeah. is that yeah. grape is that uh, like no it's current is... i think it's current mm. or something similar i'd probably not like that too much i'd probably if i do want to try the peach that sounds good but yeah the the raspberry one is just phenomenal so i will maybe maybe i'll get two bottles who knows <laughs> she's gonna go crazy i'm gonna go crazy Okay, I'm going to look up Cassis just for fun. Funsies. Cassis? Cassis. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> okay, you're in luck. Uh, Wednesday's game's a 7.30 start instead of a 7 because it's, um, oh, it's rivalry night against the Pens. Oh! <laughs> the, the night you love to hate. It's not really a rivalry. <laughs> okay, it, it is Black Current, by the way. Okay. Okay. Um, uh, I'm, I megalode the Penguins, so... He mega loathes the penguins. Yeah, so I actually hate them. I well, it's okay, you know. Bergie knows how to neutralize Crosby, and they don't have Malkin right now, so that's not mm. going to go well. Could, yeah. <laughs> I think that's no, the I'm game not, I'm where Bergie just gets all delicious. It's really good. <laughs> I just hate the penguins as an organization and their players, and they can all... Die, die in a fire. Actually, that makes an interesting Let one. Let me tell you why I hate the penguins. They're okay. fucking copycats. The jerseys. Okay. They used to wear blue. Now, because the Steel City is all full of gold and black. Anyway, that's what they, that's the, the, the color. They're going of the back city to of, the actual no, yellow. No, the color of the city of Pittsburgh is rust. It is rust. 
for the industry that's gone away. Yeah. Okay? Schittsburg. Schittsburg. Look, I actually, I enjoyed my time in Pittsburgh. I almost enjoy every place that I go. That's I good. I find a way to, to do it because I don't want to shit on places. But in this case, I hate them. Stop copying us. Stop copies me. Stop copies me. And and then they took our goal song. And I know you all hate the goal song. I don't want to talk about that. They took it. Shut up. Stop it. Well, what I am drinking right now, and I have a couple more bottles for tomorrow, set aside for tomorrow, is a Hell Bay Brewing Company out of Liverpool, Nova Scotia's Dark Cream Ale. It is phenomenal. I have never had a dark cream ale from anywhere. I've never even heard of one, and it's the most amazing fusion beer approach I've ever encountered. It is wow. lovely. No, I've never heard of a dark cream ale. Oh, that does sound good. I've had one before. They're good. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. You know, it's lovely. I'm jealous. I'm jealous. I don't get jealous often. Mm-hmm. Okay. Good. And uh, are you getting something else for the rest of the week, or are you just... Uh... Well, I have two more of those that I'm not going to drink today, because I want them tomorrow. And yeah. I have a few of uh, Alpine, which is uh, you know a standard ma- ma- large-scale brewing uh, lager out of New Brunswick. And that's, that's, that's what's in my fridge right now. That's mm-hmm. not going to last me the week, but uh, we'll cross that bridge when we get to mm-hmm. it. Yeah. All right. Cool. Nick? All right. Well, I have a bunch of cores in my fridge. It was mm-hmm. uh, just good... It's well. Jeff inspired me last week. I'm like I, I was going to say, I need to, get, I need to get myself some cores. It's pretty okay, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've never had it. I also have a Boda box, uh, which is of course my go-to boxed wine. Um, I can double check what kind I got. And I think after I finish my cores and after I finish that box wine, I may take a break from drinking because I've been having a lot of fun lately. Um, mm. Although. It's got to at least last me to Friday because I'll be pre-gaming before the Bruins-Carolina game. I always do it. I open up my uh, Forerunner's tailgate, get a bunch of cold cuts and some uh, some sandwiches. Feeling pretty good before that game. It's always I always do that. So, uh, but no, that's what I'll be drinking. Cords and boxed wine. What kind of sandwiches would you have? Um, I mean, I, can, I usually just go with a bunch of cold cuts, get a lot of Applegate, um, pass, uh, sandwich meat, bring, you know, I'll, I like pepper jack cheese. Do that. It's it's pretty good. Get a big old bag of chips. Just hang out before the game. Um, I see. I don't like get once I get to a sporting event or even a theater for that matter. Um, I do not like to leave that seat until the game is over. So, oh. so uh, do you put a catheter in advance? Is that it? Uh, no, you. T- <laughs> I usually try to get to the game two and a half hours early. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, drink the first two beers pretty quick, and then kind of simmer down from there. And where I park mm-hmm. for free is about a mile away from the uh, stadium. So I, uh, by the time I usually get to the stadium, it's like, oh, cool, I have to pee now. Uh-huh. Excellent. The game hasn't started yet. Uh, and then once I Get to my seat. I'm there. Uh, the only time I'm getting up is when the Bruins score or when it's time to leave. Now, see, I'm an explorer. Mm. I, I, I got to get up and I got to move around a little bit. I just, um, I just, I got to see what's going on. I got to see what I'm missing out on. I got to get a pretzel. Yeah. I got to get another pretzel. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to have to get a pretzel at the game. You're yeah, right. Oh yeah. It's like it's <laughs> totally what I have to do yeah. every hockey game. I got to get a pretzel or that time I was in Edmonton, and that other time that I was up in Manchester, 
Corn dogs. Corn dogs. Um, <sighs> so good. So anyway, let me tell you about Edmonton um, and their pre-gaming. Uh, we were at this hotel and there were some fans that were behind us and they had two 24 packs each of uh, Labatt or Molson. <laughs> and man, oh man, like when I actually got to the game and I was sitting next to this guy who failed to show up after the beginning of the second period, um, he came in with like two beers each, <laughs> like in each hand. I don't know how he did it. Wow. It was amazing. They... They know how to pre-game and then game there. Of course, the the Oilers have been terrible for a long time. Right. So, and they're when still the team's that bad, you get you get pretty pro at the whole alcohol thing, right? <laughs> yeah, but it was so packed. It was such a great time. I can't wait till Anthony's party so we can have like my. I'm gonna pull out my road trip thing. I'm gonna make you all look at it. No, I'm not gonna do that. But I'm gonna pretend I'm gonna do that. Oh, okay. Slides. So, what am I drinking this week? We got a refrigerator full of beer. We've got the coffee milk stout. We have the Spaten Optimator, uh, which is a double buck, um, <laughs> which is good, but I'm not really in the mood for it. And I've got all those other beers that I didn't drink last week. Um, as you know, I've got vodka because mm-hmm. that was fun. Um, so, I don't know what I'm going to drink. Uh, We'll figure it out. I, I think Monday's game is probably the one that I'm going to go, yep, I'm just going to just drink as much as I possibly can because I don't, I can't see it in any world being interesting. Mm. Sorry, <laughs> I've been through this game a couple times before now. Mm. It'll so end in I'm... overtime and it'll probably be a Bruins win based on precedent so far this yeah. season. <laughs> All right. So uh, that's about it, huh? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you can contact us on Twitter at Barryland Topic, on Facebook at <laughs> at Barryland Topic as well. We have that new website, Bobby Tuberi B O B B Y T O B E R G Y dot com, um, where we embed our podcast and we actually hang out and do things over there. So you can come talk to us, read game recaps and participate in game threads all those fun things um that we're doing right now we have a great trade deadline article up right now even better than this podcast (gasps) no i didn't say that it's more specific it's more specific (laughs) no monster trucks yeah they don't talk about monster trucks that's what you're (laughs) gonna hear right now that's 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 it anyone's failing there really (laughs) and not only that you can't hear them say Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. (laughs) (laughs) Brett and Back Row got to go to that game this week. They won. It was a good time, from what I understand. I've got a shout-out to a co-worker of mine, Mark. Uh, Appreciate you listening to us. Um, And uh, Nick, we both have competition for the Tukarask dating game. I know. Thanks to Mark. (laughs) Oh, whoa. Uh This is going to be gonna get saucy so thanks for listening to us yeah. mark are you guys gonna arm wrestle <laughs> gonna arm wrestle Ooh, I would, that's 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 the only way it can be done yeah exactly. i think so or rock paper scissors whatever you guys are gonna arm see who can break see who can best break a goalie stick for yeah, yeah 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 you gotta win him by breaking a stick for him okay <laughs> oh my god you gotta do like what they do on billy on the street there's gonna be like the obstacle course of, of proving your love for tuka rask you gotta throw some milk crates and break some sticks and. Yep. <laughs> yep. 
We can't get and, milk crates at work, though. And give Kevin Miller really dirty looks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and drum sets. Got to climb over Learn how to set. say, what the fuck, dude, and finish. So. Just remember, okay, there's three that, times there's, there's a bunch wow, of extra vowels. <laughs> thank you, Nick. Okay. <laughs> so, yet again, we don't have um, Timmy here. Uh-huh. So, we're not going to say what. What Nick said in the chat. So, word, 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 word. 